Well, we're all jamming out in here today to the intro music. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. This is Chris McLaughlin, your discipleship pastor here at Stones Crossing Church. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about Ruth Chapter 3 here with Ariel Eldridge. Good morning, Ariel. Good morning. Yeah, and we want to extend a special welcome to our guest today on the panel, Shauna Householder. Welcome. How's it going? Good morning, everyone. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to join you. Yeah, we're so glad that you could. Mitch is out of town this week, went on a little little vacay, Um, and so... I was like, who should we get to be on the podcast? And I'm like, let's call Shada. So you know, I don't have a life, so here I am. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> no. So Shada is our children's ministry director. Uh, she handles all things kids. Uh, yes. So I want to ask you, Shauna, I'm going to put you on the spot just for yeah. a second about children's ministry. With everything that's been going on with COVID, we have not had any children's ministry at church, but we're coming back. The plan is to come back on August 2nd, right? Correct. Can you just tell us a little bit about like what that's going to look like for kids and maybe help parents just to know a little bit more about what's going to happen? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what it's going to look like is we're going to have kids back in children's ministry mm-hmm. in their classrooms. We're going to be utilizing most all of our classrooms. Oh, okay. Um, where last fall we were not utilizing those rooms Yeah. to help maintain social distancing. We will be so there'll be smaller class sizes. Smaller class sizes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Very cool. And then um, that probably means you need more help. It does mean that, right? that we need more help. <laughs> yeah. For sure. More teachers in those classrooms and stuff. Yes. Hey, you know, I think this is, um, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about, you know, where where am I going to serve this fall? You guys consider serving in children's ministry. Why, why should they consider serving in children's ministry? What, what are they going to, how will it benefit them? And what will, what will it benefit to the, to the kids and to the church at large? So you get to pour into the next generation of Christ followers, Mm -hmm. which is really amazing. It's amazing to watch kids learn about Jesus in a way that they haven't before Yes, and see the, the large idea of Jesus being this guy that gives salvation. But what does that mean? Seeing that come alive to a kiddo is just such a rewarding experience. Mm. Um, And you get to pour into that, and that's amazing to watch. That's awesome. Um, And you get to use the gifts that God has given you. Mm. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm totally not gifted to work with kids. You you are. (laughs) You really, really are. Um, They just want a person to love them. Absolutely. And to know that they're going to walk in, and you're going to be there, and you're going to accept them and love them for who they are. Yeah. And that's really all it is. That's awesome. So if someone was wanting to get connected or ask some more questions and stuff like that, how would they get connected with you? Yeah. So you can either shoot me an email or you can look up for more information, stonescrossing.com slash kids. Slash kids. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Well, definitely check that out, people. We, um, we're we excited about opening up again, but we want to make it awesome. So, And we need you to do that. So. Yes, it takes lots of people to make a Sunday work. It does. So come join us. It really does. Today we're going to be jumping into Ruth chapter three. I, I, um, man, this this particular chapter I thought was for me personally incredibly enriching. Like just just to see the gospel woven into this chapter in in all kinds of different ways. Um, But uh, but of course. I feel a little self-serving saying that since I'm the one <laughs> but I would say I feel like in preparation for it, I gained so much. Yeah, that's uh, good from God's mm-hmm. word. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
when I just read this on my own, first of all, I, I, I was like, how's he going to teach on this? I wonder where this is going. Because it does seem like it could be a little bit of a um, an odd passage, especially when you're teaching to adults and children in the room. And you're trying it's a little to, dicey. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, what is going on here? What's Naomi asking Ruth to do? Um, and I really appreciate how you let up saying, you know, look at their character along the way and, and how, um, you know, Naomi has something in mind. They're acting on faith. Yeah. Um, and then you unpacked that and that. Um, it was a really beautiful story. It added a lot of detail to the faith that Ruth has. So, mm-hmm. and then then you unpacked all of those um, ways that faith works in our lives too. Yeah, so, but, but well, something yeah. that struck me was that Ruth was incredibly brave. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if anyone saw her going, like it's dark, it's the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, you talked about her safety mm-hmm. in when you were preaching, but. To go when she might not be safe, to go when anybody could see her and be like, well, what are they doing when it's going on over there? Like, how brave is it that she just is putting herself out there like that? Absolutely. You know what I think is is interesting about her? So, like, you know, the Bible never tells us what she looks like, uh, you know, at all. We, I, I assume she's probably pretty strong because of the, you know, at one point she has to carry a 50-pound bag of barley. At another point, she's probably carrying 80 pounds of barley. I mean, it's – so she's she's pretty strong and she's incredibly brave. I, I, so I'm just – to, just to throw that out there to our listening audience, um, I love Star Wars stuff. Okay, we're going to get a character. Yes, Here we, we are. <laughs> and and uh, if you've watched this last year, uh, Disney Plus released a TV show called The Mandalorian and there's a – there's a character on The Mandalorian who's a, a, a female who was a, uh, a rebel, like, trooper uh, who, I mean, it, it, I mean she's, she's tough, it's like super tough. And a, as I'm reading through this, I'm kind of picturing her as Ruth. Like, <laughs> yes, like, yes like, I totally see she's that. She's strong, she's brave, she's, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, like... That would be a really interesting spin on the character yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing about Ruth is that she is um, she's moldable and she is willing to be led, which is yes. an amazing combination. Yeah, super humble yeah. in the middle of that. You know, kind of saying on that topic too, one of the things that happens in chapter 3, verse 11 is um, – so I'll, I'll just read the passage. So Boaz is talking to – uh, to her, and she says, "And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For you are my, f- uh, for all my fellow townsmen, know that you are a worthy woman. And that worthy woman. This is something I, I wish I had time to talk about in the sermon. But mm-hmm. the worthy woman thing in there is so interesting to me because the word there is um, isha hayil. Um, that's a woman of worth, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and earlier in chapter two, we saw that." That, that same word, chayil, as uh, being said for Boaz. Okay, so like yeah. here are two people who are both chayils, which I think is, is fascinating. And one of the other times that we see a chayil, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast last week, was that uh, it's in the last chapter of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 31 is this whole chapter on uh, the woman of noble character, Okay. Uh, and that's what it is. It's it's the Isha Chayil. Um, and, and so here you have this parallel of Ruth being that Isha Chayil. Um, and I- interestingly with that too, is that in the original 
um, order of the Hebrew Bible, Ruth comes right after Proverbs mm-hmm. for that reason. It didn't come after Judges. Like, so it's not like in our Bible, we like it to be chronological, but like in there, it was more thematic. And so it was like, okay, here's what a Isha Chayil is, right, from Proverbs. And then it says, let me give you an example. And here's Ruth. Anyway. That's really neat. I'll I'll stop right now. That's really neat. Yeah. (laughs) No, we love it. We love when he just gives all the backstory because you've you've spent a lot of time in this book and it's so enriching to know exactly, well, we can't know exactly or exhaustively um, the author's intent, but there is so much in here um, that was written for our instruction. And so anytime we can just dig into those details and those pieces is so helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would encourage our listeners too to go back and, and read Proverbs 31. Um, it, it, at the very beginning of Proverbs 31, it says, this, these are the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. And so then you get to verse 10 and, it, and it's like, this is the Isha mm-hmm. Um And so in essence, this is the mother of a king who's instructing his, uh, instructing her son on what to look for in a, in a, in an excellent wife. In mm-hmm. other words, what should the the wife of the king look like? And in so many ways, I mean, if, if we were to carry on that parallel, it's not just about a woman. It's actually about all Christians, as we are the bride of Christ, right, right, the the, the bride of the king. And so I, I mean, one, we can look at it very practically in the sense of like, you know, maybe this is what a woman should, should be like and things like that. But I think it's so much more than that. There's so many of these attributes are things that translate to Ruth, but also we see translate to Boaz. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, just, just a thought in there, uh, something to go through, I think, both for men and women. I appreciate that viewpoint on Proverbs 31. Does it get... Um, Abused. It gets used. Oh, it a gets lot. used yes. quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As the model woman, I think. Um, well, and I think that we are. We have a tendency to approach the Bible like this, and and all of it is looking at these people as our objectives. You know. Yeah. And so to read Proverbs thirty one and say, okay, if you want to be a Christian woman, you need to do this. Right. Um, and. When you think about it as the bride of Christ, we really truly do need to be striving and working and doing all those things that this woman in, in Proverbs is doing mm-hmm. um, for the kingdom. I see it as more of a um, an analogy for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a mom of sons, mm-hmm. and as Shauna is too, we definitely do. I could see a mom saying, hey, this is the type of woman to watch for. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. It's sweet. <laughs> it's sweet. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and, and jump into the text. Um, would someone uh, read the first five verses? Maybe we'll start there. Sure, I'll do it. Okay, this is Ruth chapter three. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor, and do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you do, or all that you say, I will do. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. You know, when when I looked at this, I... This is where I think things begin to seem a little bit dicey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, it, it, it's just a little bit ambiguous about what exactly 
Naomi is asking Ruth to do, I don't think that Ruth compromised her integrity mm-hmm. during this because because she is a Isha Hayil, you know? You're right. Like I like I don't I don't see that happening. Um but I do think that Naomi's not really sure how to get the like get Boaz to to, to notice her. Mm-hmm. To notice her and redeem mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So she's kind of like she might be putting in her her in a position of like, well, just go and present yourself and see what happens. It's just sort of ambiguous, mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. she's asking what she's asking her to do. But there's I don't know. Yeah. Do I kinda wonder if Naomi um is counting on the character of Boaz to do the right thing. Right. Um that he's already shown her such kindness as Ruth has been working in his fields and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing her to his table, allowing her to basically act as an employee but um, be treated as part of, of his his clan. And uh, so I think she's I think she's practically having her un- – I don't know. I thought about this. I was like she's practically having her uncover his feet so that he will wake up. And in order to – like the act of covering his feet back up he gets to make the choice. Do I also cover Naomi or cover Ruth yeah. with my cloak and make this extension? So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So I don't know. I see it as like a moment of decision for him, and I think she's counting on him to make the right decision. So we know right. that Boaz has accepted Ruth as an employee, as part of his clan of people. But mm-hmm. this is kind of Naomi's plan to say. Okay, now notice Ruth as a potential mate. Yeah. But that's why I think it's so risky because, okay, so like, you know, this is happening at the time of the judges where everyone did what was right in their own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Boaz was a man of standing. You know, uh, he, he had authority, he had power. So for him to just take advantage of her in that time, no one would think twice about it, right. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? I mean, Judah did it. Right. So why right. not? Right. Right. So, but he doesn't you know and it, mm-hmm. and it's because he's a he's a gabor hayil you know he he's he's that man of worth and, and this is where i think i was i was trying to go with this is i think i think with this ruth is really displaying a large amount of faith it's it's in this case it's really faith in boaz you know mm-hmm. it's it's like you know i've known him to be a worthy man um, i know him to be very kind very generous and to be noble. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to trust him. I'm having faith in him that he's going to do the right thing here. R- Naomi may or may not have. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. But I think Ruth really did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about with this, really talk about faith and what faith is and what it does um, in, in people's lives. I think um, the, the first thing I do want to point out about faith, and I didn't get to talk about this in the, in the sermon, but it's just that it's kind of like where does faith come from? Right. What do you guys think about that? Where does I mean is faith something that we have to like? All right, I'm just gonna muster it up. We're gonna get some faith today. Here we go. <laughs> you know, like what do we do? Uh, how, where does faith come from? Well, we know faith comes from the Lord, mm-hmm. and and faith is not something we can do on our own. Yeah. If we could do it on our own, we we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need Jesus. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. The scriptures say that it, he gives it to us in measure, which I found is very interesting to reflect on because um, similar to, you know, the movement of, of racial injustice we have right now, we think about like those of us who don't deal with 
that kind of persecution on on a daily basis, what what should we be doing? Well, we should be we should be pouring that out, that blessing out on the people who are are being um, persecuted. And so I think faith is very similar. And I think those who have been dealt a uh, a larger measure of faith, they they need to use it, right? Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, so uh, a couple passages on this. Uh, so like Romans 12, three talks about the measure of faith that mm-hmm. God has assigned to us. Um, I think even in the gospels, we see that growing in faith is something that God does in us. So mm-hmm. like Mark nine twenty four is one passage, Luke 17, five, I would love to turn to Luke 22. Um, we can see this one cause, um, Jesus kind of helps us to see this himself, but Luke 22 verse 31, here we have Jesus himself, uh, saying how faith is something that needs to be needs to be given and 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 you also see Jesus's role in this he says so so this is uh he's talking to Simon Peter Simon um he knows is going to deny Jesus and so he says Simon Simon behold Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what you're what you're getting to here. Yeah. You know, so so here we have the idea of like you know we are incapable of of mustering up faith on our own, and and the enemy is coming after us mm-hmm. <laughs> within that. But at the same time, Jesus even now sits on the throne and he prays to the Father for right. us, right. and and here he is praying for faith that his faith may not fail, and. And then the result of that is that we would turn around and strengthen others. We see it all in just two verses. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so um, cool. Yeah. Um, another really cool one for me is, is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And, you know, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is just a, this incredible um, passage just o- about our story, really. It's, it's, it's like, you know, we were once dead in our sins and trespasses, yeah. but then in, in the end, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. But verses eight and nine, and this is definitely one to memorize uh, for, <laughs> for me, but it's, it's the one that says just really simply, you know, by grace, you have been saved through faith, mm-hmm. right? But then he continues, he says, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So the, the question that everyone has is, what is this referring to? Is it referring to the grace or to the faith? And um, so in Greek, it's actually both. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like the antecedent is actually both. God is God is gifting both. He's gifting the grace and he's gifting the grace. The answer faith. is yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think it's important to just to recognize how faith itself is a gift from God. And if you know what that means, I mean I guess just shooting it out to you guys, if someone is feeling like they're just struggling in their faith, what should they do? Well, if we see here that that Jesus was praying on behalf of Peter for him to have faith to not be swift, sifted like wheat um, by by the enemy, then um, then the first thing that I, that sparks in my mind is to pray to Christ Definitely. that he would that he would um, gift more faith that yeah. he would help me in that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that we follow that example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can pray for others too. Like, you know, if. if I, I, I think we need to be praying for our kids mm-hmm. that way. Oh, for sure. You know, um, I mean, we, we want our kids to, we want our kids to be saved. Like we want our kids to have faith. Um, so that, that's something that as parents, I think we can be, 
we could be praying for mm-hmm. our kids all the time, like gift them with, with faith, give them great faith, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Knowing that it comes from God, I think changes that, that whole thing. It's not yeah. up to us to build that into them in a sense where it's like, we're, you know, we're just driving home Bible truths and things like that. I mean, those things are good, but, mm-hmm. but praying for them overall, I don't know, Shauna, it just as, Children's ministry director, what's your what, and and as a parent, like, what's your thought on that? Like, how how would you help parents to to do that? I think we 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 just have to be covering our kids in prayer. Sure, but just the the praying, the covering them in prayer, and praying for them every day, mm-hmm. having you having them hear you pray mm. that they would have abundant faith in God. Yeah. Um, just having them soak that up, that you love them enough to pray for them like that. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll just have amazing results. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what is the relationship then between faith and action? Mm-hmm. Like how, how, do those, how do those work together? I think this one is a tricky one because um, I, I think that sometimes we think that in order to um, – let me start over. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not always easy. I mean, but isn't that the isn't that the act of faith? The stepping out when it's not easy and when it's a little bit scary mm-hmm. and when it's risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what not it, knowing the outcome. Right, right. I mean, Hebrews one says, or Hebrews eleven, faith is being sure of what we hope for and mm-hmm. certain of what we do not see. If we see something then it's not faith anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an unknown aspect to faith. Yeah. Well, I think that um, we as Christians sometimes get to the book of James and we have some trouble walking through the relationship of faith and works because we look at James and it says over and over that, that works matter so much in the relationship of faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we try to reconcile that with all the other um, passages that say that faith um, is is a gift, and then uh, and then we think, well, maybe we do need to muster up and try harder and do more. But um, I think that there is a a really unique way of um, of faith becoming evident in our works, where it works itself out in our lives. Um, that if we if we have faith, we can't help but act mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Um, and that's what James, I think, is getting at, and that's the heart of that book, um, is that the Lord has given you faith for a purpose mm-hmm. in which we get to walk in and yeah. carry out. Yeah. Well, Shauna, you, you mentioned earlier here, too, that faith is also going to take risks with all this. Um, you know, faith can be something that can be really risky. Um, how, how do Christians – let me just ask this. Like, how do Christians take risks – in just being a Christian, what, what, what are some ways that, um, that we see risk-taking as, as, as Christians? Well, I mean, and you touched on this on Sunday, I think any time we step out and we say, I'm a believer, we're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. We're taking a risk of, is this person going to chastise me? Right. Is this person going to cut off my friendship? Right. When you have friends over to your house, you say, oh, this is how we do it at our house. Yeah. We all have that longing to be received and um, accepted. accepted. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But yeah, we end up by by claiming Christ, by saying like, hey, you know, we're going to have a friend over, but we're going to pray before the meal, mm-hmm. you know, or if we're going to, you know, um, we're taking our kids to church. If, if you know, like our, our, my daughters are a little older, so they'll have sleepovers, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, and then we'll have a friend spend the night and right. say, hey, Sunday we're going to church though. Do you want to come with us to church or would you rather just go home before that? Like that becomes the the, the question for those for those friends. You know? Right, and that's, that's kind of what I was trying to, to get to is you have, you know, your kids have friends over and you say, this is how we do it at our house. Yeah. Does that hinder friendships? Right. And that's a whole other thing we could talk about is that the friends you really want anyway, but sure for your kids. But yeah, I mean, anytime, and I feel like, especially now, anytime we are vocal about our, about our belief in God, we take a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's becoming more that way. We've, mm-hmm. um, you know, American Christians have really enjoyed the luxury of not being persecuted for our faith, and as that is um, is starting to slip away, I mean, we're truly going to have to put the faith that God has given us to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are feeling it now. Yeah, in a way we haven't before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, certainly, it's not as bad as in other other countries. Oh, I mean, for sure. We're still seeing, like. You know, in China, that churches are underground and it's illegal mm-hmm. to be a Christian. We're seeing even Christians being um, martyred mm-hmm. uh, overseas. You know, things like that. I actually, you know, what I did. But that leads. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I, I did. I did this online survey the other day. It was really interesting. It was just about like, you know, where do you land politically, type of a thing. Just one, one of those stupid ones on Facebook. Because you wanted to know. Uh, well, <laughs> I was just curious where it was gonna plot me. So I started answering the questions, and half of the questions were about what What do we think about Christians? Ooh. Oh, it was okay. really interesting. I was yeah. like, why are there so many questions about Christianity and the effect that Christianity is having on our country? Like, like that was like the, 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 one of the primary Maniacal issues. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> I know. I thought it was yeah. just so interesting. It's almost anyway. like, side, side note, and you can edit this out, like, we're be, like the Christians are being pitted against. Hey, you know yeah. what? Like, like our, our country can't go this way if the because world the Christians thinks... are holding us back. Right. Yeah. If right. the world thinks that Christianity is a problem, that's actually a really good thing for us. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably means you're doing something right. Oh, man. But that's, but I think that's the whole thing is like, you know, we are told, Jesus tells us that there's going to be this struggle between Christians and the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I don't know, like uh, we've been so sheltered from that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, now we're kind of coming into a, a period of time where that struggle is very real. And the more that we just sort of stand on what we believe, the more that struggle kind of rises to the surface, you know? Um, and, and so, I, I mean, on one side, I would want to give encouragement to the people who are listening. Like, if you're experiencing that kind of tension and struggle, know that that's probably okay, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, as long as you're, you're sticking to Scripture, you know, mm-hmm. and like not often some sort of, you know, other thing. But. Yeah, the, there's certainly a difference between being um, verbally abusive to the pe- the world yes. around us yes. Yes. in social media settings yes. right. where we have really gone wrong and we need to repent of that. Right, absolutely. So, so there's that versus when we're just acting as Christians and we're being persecuted for just believing in right. that and trusting right. In, right. in Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, to, to think about that there are Christians in other countries— being persecuted for their beliefs and their faith. Mm-hmm. 
And they're still out there. They're still spreading the gospel Mm -hmm. and preaching from the word and doing the best they can when it's flat out illegal. Right. Why, Why do Christians in America feel like we have to hide it? Sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's no Because sense. of the risk. Yeah. I mean, the risk is these people are going to look at me like I'm crazy at work versus the risk that I could, if I lived in another country, I could legitimately die. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you think this is affecting kids? Like as, as it ramps up in America, um, you know, more people are, are experiencing some of this sort of dissonance between Christianity and culture. Oh, that's a great question. I think... I think we are going to see more kids who are more, um, Chris, what is that? What is that where it's the, like the you do you, the, yeah, you just call it the you do you movement. I wanted to, but I wanted to use one of my fancy words from seminary. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of relativism. relative. Rel- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Relativism. Um, yeah. It's just that whole idea. Like, you know, what you believe is good for you. Yes. What I believe is good for me. Let's just and let's all kumbaya, right? And live a hunky dory life. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, what it is is like just don't tell me what I should believe. Correct. Right. Is 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 kind of the idea with it, and no one has the right to claim any sort of exclusivity anymore. Right. So, but if there's a problem with that because every religion claims exclusivity, it, it cracks me up just the irony of the coexist bumper sticker because. Every religion that's on there claims exclusivity, and the, yeah. the, the, except the, for them, they're saying they like, are the but chosen. let's all just get along. Right. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's what that's what I have a feeling is good that we're going to see with our children as a result mm-hmm. of where we are in America today is yeah. is that we're going to see that yeah that you more of the you do you mm-hmm. absolutely. Do you think that, and really this is just for both of you guys, do you think that that having parents display faith more, in other words, taking risks, moving to action, all that sort of stuff, do you, how do you think that that will affect their kids um, when it comes to this sort of stuff? Do you think that that will have a positive effect or are they going to just be embarrassed? Like, oh man, mom, dad, why are you doing that? I think it'll be great for their own spiritual growth. Yeah. I think that they will not vocalize it outside of the house. That's probably true. I think that vocalizing it to your children is pretty paramount, though. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, of letting them know. And, you know, that's something that I want to be better about as a parent, as Jeremy and I are walking our boys through our decision-making, is being open book about it, kind of like when you were giving the illustration this Sunday of, of the contractor. Yeah. Of saying, this is what we're doing and why. Mm-hmm. Because we're trusting the Lord to do this, and um, I hope that I hope that that will be built into our family more. Because I I think that our boys need to see that, um, and I know that Scripture tells us to talk about it, you know, all the time. Um, and so I need to I need to uh, make that a, a discipline in our lives as in our family. Mm. So we we recently moved. Mm-hmm. We moved in the midst of everyone quarantining. Um, leading up to it, it, well, you were talking about discussing faith with your boys right. and really being an open book about it. Uh-huh. And this was the first time that we've 
really had the opportunity to be open with our kids about decisions we were making for a family. Yeah. And and it was scary to think about, okay, we've we've lived in a place for seven years. This is the only place Ethan remembers. Mm -hmm. These are the only friends he remembers. This is the only school he knows. And to say, guys, I feel like this is where God is leading our family. Mm -hmm. And to have, have both of them melt down mm -hmm. was so hard and so scary. And it, makes, it, it made me think, am I really doing the right thing or am I doing it because I'm selfish? Mm -hmm. um, but we, we were able to have numerous conversations to say, you know, mom and dad are scared too. And we're, we are, we share a concern, the same concern you do. What is it going to be like? How are we going to adjust? But we firmly believe that this is where God is leading us as a family and that this is what God wants for our family. And we were able to have other conversation and their conversations as a result that we wouldn't have had before. Mm -hmm. For the boys to then say, but why do, you, why do you think God has that? Why do you think that's the right choice? Mm -hmm. Why do you think God is saying this is what we are yeah, doing? Yeah, they were putting your faith to the test, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, for Little sure. smarties. For sure. <laughs> um, but just how, how we've been able, as parents, Dan and I have been able to see the fruit come from having those hard conversations with our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Really having an intentional conversation with your kids about everyday decisions that yes. are influenced by faith, yes. right? Like, like, I mean, that's a big, I mean, moving is a big deal, right? Yeah. But but those are decisions that people are faced with all the time. And and so there's, on one side of it, it's like, okay, as a, as a person who is going through that, then I need to start thinking through and how is, how is my faith informing that decision? Mm -hmm. Then it's so great. Then what you're saying is like you included your kids in that conversation to say, look, our faith is informing us about this decision and yes. this is how, and we want to include you in that process so that you understand how, um, how God works in that, mm -hmm. in that process. So it's discipling them yes. on one side. It's giving them, I mean, and your boys are a little bit older now. So one's going into middle school, one's in like yeah. elementary school. Yeah, so. they're 11 and nine now. Yeah. So. So, they're, they're starting to get some stuff. Right, mm -hmm. right. And so you can say like, you know, our faith informs our decision, helps them to see that. Our faith also tells us we want you to be included in this process and, and, to, and to lead them along. And I think that's, that's huge for kids, especially like as they get a little bit older and kind of help them walk through that. I think that's huge for any relationship because yes. I was just sitting here thinking about um, spouses who maybe one of you is a believer and the other is not. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a way to mm. to start just be an open book to how you are making decisions in life and how you're moving along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Faith is informing my decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me let me help you see how it's informing my decision. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I just want to talk about one more quick thing before we close, and that was really where the gospel is in this passage. Mm -hmm. I I was blown away when I, when I saw this because I didn't I didn't see this uh, just on my reading of the passage itself, but um, I got this from a book by a guy named Christopher Ash. It's called Teaching Ruth and Esther. I want, I'm going to put the a link to it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. 
but um, he just gives us little little four chapters on how to teach through uh, Ruth, which I, I found very helpful going through this. Um, and what he was talking about is when you get to verse nine, this is where Ruth is uh, proposing marriage to yeah. Boaz, right? She says, spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. And his whole point was, look at the grounds for which for which um, she's proposing marriage. She's not proposing marriage based on her merit, based on her beauty, based on her, you know, her work ethic, based on her faithfulness to Naomi. She's not, ba- you know, none of it is, is for her. It's mm-hmm. all about him. For you are a redeemer. And how that really is the, uh, the right paradigm for our grounds for, for calling on the name of the Lord for salvation. Um, so cool. I was just, I was floored. I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I really appreciate that because I think, I think we so often get into that, that mentality of we have to try to earn it mm-hmm. from God. And we go to God and we're like, God, I, you know, I, I really believe I'm a good person. I deserve to, 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 to be in heaven. You know, I deserve to be welcomed into your heaven. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not <laughs> how God operates. Well, I love the um, the gospel in this being the fact that Boaz is a redeemer. And so mm-hmm. Naomi, or I'm sorry, I keep calling Ruth Naomi, but Ruth keeps <laughs> yeah. keeps um, focusing on, on Boaz here. So she has made him the object of the reason she's proposing marriage. And, and when you said that... Um, this is the way we can approach the Lord. We can approach him not based on our merit because we are, you know, beautiful or we work really hard or all of the things that Ruth could have said to Boaz. We're approaching the Lord as in he is our redeemer. And that's why um, we we ask for him um, to help us in this life and to walk us through yeah. um, being faithful followers of him. So. I think that's a, a beautiful picture of why we, we call upon the Lord. We call upon the Lord because of who he is and not because of who we are. Yeah. yeah. And we will believe he will fulfill the promise that he's given us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just trusting in him, mm-hmm. trusting in what he's promised us. Knowing all of this now and having heard you teach <laughs> yeah. it, this is how I would have done it. I would have said something about um, when we approach the Lord um, with our burdens and with our requests knowing that he has promised us what he has in his word, that we we can approach him where we we are basically uncovering his feet and saying, cover me because you are good. You're a redeemer. You've promised this. Um, mm. And therefore, you know, cover me. Bring me into your into your fold with your protection and, and, and see this through. Yeah. Mm, I love that. That'd be the girly way to teach I, it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, I look forward to next week when we get to learn who the other Redeemer is. I yes. know. And you know what's so funny is you'll never know his name. Mm. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. That's not true. Maybe he's going to be there in the uh, New Jerusalem. And one day, and one be day like, we will. You guys, I, I was the other guy that <laughs> yeah. could have been in on the story. I'll, I'll no, give you guys a teaser. I'll give you guys a teaser. Literally in the Hebrew, he is called Mr. So-and-so. That's so Are you serious? Funny. I'm serious. Mr. So-and-so. Okay. Mr. So-and-so. So you it's, look forward to that for next week. That's going to be good. <laughs> it's stuff so. like that that makes me want to learn Hebrew. Yes. <laughs> so fun. They, I just, I love a little bit of sarcasm. Yes. And, 
Yeah. The scripture writers. That's exactly what I was thinking. They were real people with a little bit of sarcasm. That's awesome. Mr. So-and-so. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk about that next week. So we hope that you'll join us next week on the Sunday Recap.